and many world championships and many Olympic goals that Paul O'Donnell needs to win to be the greatest sports person of all time in Ireland. Is there a number? Can we pick a number? Because he's going to do it. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We do want to turn our attention to the fight this weekend in Saudi Arabia. Alan Dawson joins us now to talk to us a bit about this. Alan, before we get into the um, actual nuances of how the styles match up, the fights in Saudi Arabia, the biggest stories in world sport at the moment are the sports washing going on around Newcastle and the sports washing going on around Live Golf, and yet that hasn't really come up in the boxing, maybe because we've had fights here before. I don't know. what, what What's your take on this as, as somebody with a, a ringside seat, literally metaphorically for this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Guardian broke a story this week that a Saudi woman was slapped uh, with a 34-year prison sentence just for tweeting, for following uh, and retweeting dissidents and activists. Um, the UK publication said it was a further example of how the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was targeting uh, Twitter users in his campaign of repression. At my publication at Insider just a couple of years back, uh, one of our top reporters, Bill Bostock, uncovered an app in Saudi Arabia called Absha, which tracks the movements of uh, women. And if one tried to move through a port, a text would be automatically sent to a male guardian saying uh, if they had given permission uh, for the woman to travel. And if there was no permission, the woman would be arrested, the report said. You know, there remain public beheadings on Fridays. And these are just three of many glaring human rights issues in the modern day still going on in sports. Like you say, whether it's British soccer, live golf or big heavyweight boxing matches, it just remains a convenient way for a nation like that to launder its image globally. Has Anthony Joshua faced any sustained level of questioning about his willingness to help prop up this regime? I think he has. Uh, I wouldn't say it's sustained, but he's definitely faced questions. And actually, I find it quite interesting because when uh, he, he had the first fight there uh, against uh, Andy Ruiz, uh, which was a rematch, I, I, I kind of felt, this was just my take, I kind of felt that um, Eddie Hearn, matchroom chairman, uh, was trying to act as a shield and take all of the criticism himself. Uh, rather than have questions asked of uh, you know athletes on the card, I feel like this is the first time that, that questions are really being asked of the athletes. Uh, it, may, it seems to be mainly being said to um, Joshua rather than Usyk, um, and I think Joshua even was asked a question of, of, before the fight week. Um, this goes back a few a few weeks, and he actually just uh, described unwittingly described what sports washing is. He said uh, he's got no problems with Saudi. And, uh, you know, they treat him well. Well, of course, they're going to treat you well. You're the vehicle that they're kind of, you know, sports washing through. And um, so, so, yeah, I feel like uh, this is kind of it, it perhaps isn't as big a story as it has been with Live Golf. But uh, there, there still seems to be some pockets of, of good journalism. Uh, the BBC did a good article earlier this week, for instance, where, where they did question um, the main parties involved in this in this event. Eddie Hearn's argument earlier in the summer was that boxing isn't golf because in boxing you put your health on the line and in a sport that you're putting your health on the line, I as a promoter need to be doing everything in my power to make as much money for you. How how did that argument wash with people who are asking the tough questions? Um, I mean, Eddie Hearn's always got something to say. I remember in the the, uh, Joshua Ruiz fight, he was kind of trying to point the finger back on the media that were attending the fight saying, you know, but you're here. And, you know, it didn't really make any sense because 
you know, that those publications that were there weren't really being sponsored by Saudi Arabia. They were reporting on the fight. Um, yeah, I, again, I feel like, you know, that's probably a, a deflection theory, a tactic that Eddie Hearn's saying. Uh, I remember he, de- he was definitely getting more flack for the Ruiz fight than this Usyk rematch. Um, and maybe it's just, you know, the more they go back there, the less uh, negative attention that will bring just because it becomes a commonplace thing. That's exactly it. But- That's exactly it, isn't it? Because like the, the Eddie Howe questions have largely stopped. There are still some questions for Eddie Howe, but nowhere near the level of intense scrutiny that he was under at the start when he took the job. It's now, it's, we're just reporting on the latest transfer tittle tattle to go at Newcastle like maybe when they get into the Champions League and maybe when they start winning Premier League the questions come back but by then the horse has bolted and is doing a lap of honour to be honest I don't particularly get too excited or excited at all about fights in Saudi Arabia because they're just um, even aside from the from the sports watching element, there's just no combat sports culture there, and I just don't get the impression that they're trying to build or develop anything beyond just booking these random big events. Um, there, there are pocket, there are regions in the Middle East that do have a burgeoning combat sports scene. Uh, one of which is Abu Dhabi. So lead, leaders there actually um, instilled a jiu-jitsu program in schools in, in school curri- curriculums, and they hold international BJJ tournaments annually. Uh, they've got the U- UAE Warriors there, which is an MMA firm. They hold events in Abu Dhabi, and the UFC frequently goes there. So they, you know, continue to develop various combat sports cultures there. Whereas I just don't get the impression Saudi Arabia is doing anything similar to that. I feel like they're just trying to bring in, um, you know, the, like Anthony Joshua would qualify as one of their big fights. I think they looked at Amir Khan. They had uh, one of the Super Six tournament finals there. Uh, but beyond that, there's just it's, it's just you know a one and done sort of thing. Uh, this weekend, it's playing out in front of I think eight thousand capacity arena. Like it's obviously no Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's no Wembley. Like do we do we know exactly how much money Saudi Arabia are actually? putting into this because it must be pretty substantial to forego uh, 80,000 paying customers uh, but the, the the rumored purses that each athlete in the main event alone is, is supposedly 40 million dollars pretty much 40 million euro for you know 35 million pounds so that's 70 to 80 million uh, straight away uh, Eddie Hearn signed off quite a lot of power um uh, to Saudi Arabia for you know they took ownership for the broadcasting which is I actually don't think this this fight has got m- much buzz if at all over here in the US uh, and I think that's because they only really announced a broadcast partner uh, in the last week with DAZN and also PPV.com um, it seemed like Sky Sports were kind of slow to build up um, you, you know their own promotion for it um, so yeah um what, what can you say there? In the US, uh, what time will the fight actually take place? Uh, I think uh, be about, be about th- mid-afternoon. I think the ring walks would be 3.30 for, okay. for me on, on the uh, West Coast. I kind of had to think where I live then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the, uh, I, I mean, it's interesting because, like, you know, three, four years ago before he was beaten, it looked like Anthony Joshua was going to become one of those very totemic international sports icons who can draw a crowd literally anywhere in the globe and then all of a sudden that fell away so um, to, to move on from the sports washing and to, to get to the boxing like um, the fight's very important from his perspective 
Yeah, I, I actually remember when he first came to America. I didn't live here by then, but I was reporting on how Sky, uh, he, he was with Sky at the time rather than DAZN, and Eddie Hearn and Matchroom, they were really promoting him like uh, like a Roger Federer of, of, of boxing. Um, you know, like a Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, LeBron, you know, they really wanted him. They, they were really marketing not just to be but like the British or European face of the sport, like a worldwide uh, celebrity. And then what happened in New York, uh, it wasn't, you know, like a 12 round loss. It was a complete humiliation, four knockdowns. Uh, it was a, you know, savage beating. One of the best wins in the modern heavyweight era for Andy Ruiz uh, on, on that side. Um, and, you know, they've never come back to America since. There's been a bit of a rebuild. Um, but again, then he lost the titles again to uh, Alexander Usyk. And I was ringside for that fight. It was a magical atmosphere in North London because you, you, go, you guys know in Ireland as well, coming out of, you know, quite severe successive lockdowns um, how much people wanted to get out again and there was just a carnival party atmosphere in London at the time the weather was good um, you know there were pop-up food stalls all the way into the into the stadium uh, and the, the ring walks were really good the, the card itself was quite poor um, but I remember Callum Smith getting a good knockout on that card uh, but it was really all about the main event, and, the, and and boy, did the main event deliver! It was amazing. Um, Joshua wasn't really in it until the, the middle third of the fight. Usyk had the first third, and the final third locked down, and he was more dominant in those thirds that he won than than Joshua was. And I just see a repeat performance here. Um, I, I really feel like uh, you know Joshua did. He he was built strong. Uh, after uh, winning gold in London in 2012 in the Olympics, but um, I, I feel like taking these fight, taking another fight in Saudi Arabia, um, a second one that, that should really be put in the UK. Um, I, I feel like there might be a bit of a team needs to kind of win over a lot of the fans that he did have uh, prior. I still think he'd be able to sell out stadiums easily in, in the UK. But, um, you know, going to Saudi Arabia once for a cash grab, okay, but to do it again and again and again, you're kind of alienating the, the base that you build um, in, in, in back home. It, does it also speak to an uncertainty in their camp that actually maybe, maybe he won't be able to fill those stadiums as much anymore, that actually he's not the draw because he's not as good as we were told he was? He hasn't delivered on the potential that was there and actually what's happened is his late arrival in boxing and his lack of ring craft and all that kind of stuff that was supposed to have been to his benefit you know it's oh he's, he's not heavily fought he won't have the damage that other fighters have had coming through the system it's like well you know he actually he's just not as an accomplished boxer because he hasn't done the rounds he hasn't done the sparring I, th- I think um, he's definitely overachieved in the sport of boxing he's you know two time world heavyweight champion and I really credit, like I've done a few of these podcasts and, and shows now, and I, you really have to credit his testicular fortitude in losing a fight and just seeking the immediate rematch. That's what champions do. Um, but who he's fighting isn't just a champion. He's a, a level beyond that. And we're looking at an all-time great uh, athlete and fighter in Usyk. But, it, I, I, yeah, I'm quite convinced he's going to lose again and it could even be by knockout this time but I don't think it's going to do his um, ability to sell out a stadium much harm I still think there's big fights out there for him Uh, I really think a fight against Deontay Wilder would be a monster event especially here in Vegas 
um, you know, there could be a, a trilogy belt with uh, Andy Ruiz because, you know, they've got one win each and, you know, they could have a deciding fight there. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was quite a bit of a controversy with a, with a heavyweight called Jarrell Miller, who Anthony Joshua was supposed to fight instead of fighting a Ruiz. But Jarrell Miller kept on popping for steroid after steroid after steroid. He'd basically taken a whole cocktail of performance-enhancing drugs. Um, but, you know, these sort of controversies that can end up just, you know, boxing kind of thrives on this um negative headlines a lot of the time and I, I you know if a fight against Jarrell Miller could in New York as well it could be Joshua's return to New York you know that could be a big fight that's three fights off the top of my head that I think you know even if Joshua loses there's still um you know the bigger big fights big events available to him uh, and it's kind of testament to how thriving the heavyweight division is even in the absence of you know potentially Tyson Fury claiming he's retired what about Usyk then um, and I saw his manager during the week say I've never seen anyone in 45 degree heat ride a bike for 100 kilometers I've never seen anyone swim for five hours I've never seen anyone hold their breath underwater for four minutes and 40 seconds almost passing away and then shaking himself I hope this will all help on Saturday uh, it's probably one of the nuggets that we've got this week that's actually been entertaining in the build up uh, Usyk at the age of 35 now um, I guess if you're talking about somebody trying to, to make their earnings before they retire he's in he's possibly in that position but I get the sense that you make him the favourite this weekend too yeah, I, they, they said, like, how, how can we watch that first fight and think that Joshua in nine or ten months or, you know, less than a year is really going to make the changes mm-hmm. necessary? Granted, he's he's brought in Robert Garcia, who trains, um, you know, quite aggressive fighters. And if they're going to go that aggressive route, really, it's his only way he's going to be able to win. He's never going to win a decision against a far superior boxer in Usyk. The only way to really try and win is to, get, is to seek a knockout. Uh, but by doing so, you just risk getting knocked out yourself, particularly as he he could have been finished by Usyk uh, in, in the first fight. Um, uh, what was the question, sorry? Well, just, just more so that, the, that you're still making Usyk favourite at the age of 35. Oh, yeah. there's, there's no signs of slowing down. But also, I mean, that, that quote from his from his manager we don't get to see uh, it, it just hasn't felt like a very entertaining build up and I guess that quote kind of stuck out as something where there's actually been a, a slight glimmer of fun in the build up to this because we've got no trash talk really to speak of No I mean you, you rarely do with, with Anthony Joshua mm. and neither Usyk but the difference between them I think Usyk's got more personality uh, we definitely saw that in London where he was dressing up as the Joker uh, and we've seen you know you know, fashion choices uh, kind of uh, permeate through the, the, this fight week too um, you know Usyk's quite a lot of fun and it's you know it's good to see um, two oh, I would say heavyweights but just two boxers kind of not need to uh, you know descend to you know, politically incorrect or, you know, trash talk just for the sake of it. Um, the one thing that could, you know, you could you, you could say might pull uh, Usyk away from, you know, the mission at hand is just what's going on uh, in his homeland. You know, within days of Russia invading uh, Ukraine on February the 24th, he was back in Ukraine uh, patrolling the streets with a machine gun. Um, I think he's had family that have evacuated but I'm uh, from reports this week. It sounds like he hasn't really seen his children for at least six months. So he's barely seen them, and he's he's walking around Saudi Arabia uh, with a donkey, cuddly toy that his daughter gave him. Um, that we might even see uh, certainly in the locker room on the night, potentially in the corner. Uh, so whether those things kind of play in your mind, but I, I just think he, he, 
I think we're reaching to think that that can really have an effect on the fight. But, you know, it is, it's, it's a potential tangible nonetheless. Um, what happens for him if he wins next? He could potentially law. I, I, you know, how can we really believe anything Tyson Fury says? But whether I mean, he, I feel like he said he's retired about ten times in the last two years. Uh, a fight between Usyk and Tyson Fury. It, it, if, if anyone can challenge Tyson Fury, it is definitely Usyk. Particularly if he gets the second win in more convincing fashion than he did last year. Great fight. Uh, a fight against Wilder. Great fight because it's two, uh, com- you know, contrasting styles. Wilder. Just a concussive puncher who's six foot and you know six foot eight, six foot nine against Dusik who's six foot three and just a masterful boxer. Um, you know, there's still great fights out there for Usyk, but the really interesting thing for him is that if he goes out and he beats Fury, he goes out and beats uh, Wilder, maybe Joe Joyce and some of the other big names, then he only really needs to beat like probably even those three, and he's cleaned out the division. He just cleaned out Cruiserweight. Um, he arguably one-upped the legacy that Evander Holyfield had at Cruiserweight. If he, if he goes and does similar in heavyweight, then we're going to begin to ask questions that, you know, not only is this one of the best Cruiserweight fighters of all time, but is this one of the, you know, top 25 fighters in boxing history? Yeah, it's right there for him, really, this weekend, isn't it? Um, Alan, great to have you with us. Thanks a million for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Enjoy the rest of your morning. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.